All right, testing one, two, three. Um, if you've ever recorded uh, something before, um, and you've got a, an engineer doing the recording, they'll often ask you just for a sort of sound check, like a level check on the microphone, what you had for your breakfast or what you're going to have for your lunch. Um, Tom, what are you going to have for your lunch today? Ah, it's very exciting. I'm going to have beans on toast, Stuart. Ah. beans on toast. Well, that's uh, unfortunately, I, I hate to tell you, that sounds like an ultra processed food. Oh, no, uh, that sounds terrible. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, the beans are in a can. Oh, dear. Uh, they've yeah, they, been they are. through processing. The tomato ketchup or tomato sauce in the beans has, has, has presumably been processed. I imagine. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. The bread, are you eating middle class bread or, or is it just normal? So, yes. So, so okay. So, so I, I, I hopefully will be having it on fancy sourdough from Gales. So, so, that, so middle class food is all I right. I think that's not ultra processed. Yeah. Okay. And so right. we're going to get into, into this because that is the topic of today's The Study Show. So welcome to The Study Show. My name's Stuart Ritchie. I'm a science writer at the I newspaper. Hello, and I am Tom Chivers, a science writer with semaphore.com. Yeah, um, and today, uh, yeah, we're all about food. We talked uh, a while back about obesity, because we're talking about the obesity drugs, Ozempic mm. and Wegovy and all that. But in this one, we're going to talk about what a lot of people think is the cause of the obesity problem in the first place, which is the kinds of food that we uh, have available in modern society. Yes, so there's been a... I mean, I hadn't really heard the term a few years ago, but it's been around an awful lot lately. There was a book out, wasn't there, by... um, There's those two TV doctors, the twins. uh, Yes. uh, Chris Chris and Zand. Yeah, Chris and Zand, yes. But it was Chris that wrote this book, and it was called Ultra Processed People, and it was about the problem of ultra-processed food. Yes, and now, one of the twins had a problem with their weight, didn't they? And uh, was that Chris rather than Zand? Yeah, I think think the story is that, you know, because they're identical twins, they can compare each other they compared mm. each other and one of them maybe it was chris or maybe it was the other one had i think one of them moved to america and one of them stayed in the uk and, and the american food environment led him to uh, put on loads and loads of weight and you know it's not the argument they make is it's not because of his differences in genetics because of course they're they're identical twins mm. but it's because of the uh, environment they found themselves in okay all right, so uh, one of them, Zan Van Zan became who was... 20 kilograms heavier than than Chris, and uh, Chris believes that the reason Zan is overweight is, is because of ultra-processed hmm. food. Um, and so apparently ultra-processed food makes up 60% of the of the, the average diet in the UK. Mm-hmm. I've seen various statistics, 50%, 60%. Obviously, it's quite hard to estimate these things, so there's probably quite a lot of noise around that sort of estimate. And yeah. the definition isn't that clear, as we're about to talk about. And apparently this is really what's responsible for the uh, obesity epidemic that we find ourselves in. I mean, okay, I'm not, I, 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 I'm not convinced yet, but maybe I will be. But the, um, the word processed, I, to me, sort of implies you're doing something to, I mean, like, you know, chopping up a loaf of bread is processing it to some extent, or like frying an yes. egg is processing it. Yes. Uh, I... Uh, well, you, hopefully you will explain to me. I what, will. What, when does when, when does something stop being merely if you know if I just I suppose if I'm just eating a banana straight off the plant that's unprocessed or minimally processed. But what what, what when does one become ultra processed? Well, let's get into it. Let's get into yeah. it. So um, th- there's rules of thumb, and then there's a more lengthy definition of what a, a UPF, an ultra processed food, is. Okay. Um, if you read what Chris Van Tilliken says, he, he wrote an article uh, in The Guardian, kind of long article that kind of explains the thesis of the book. And he said the rule of thumb he, he gives is this. 
If you're trying to work out if something is a UPF, a good rule of thumb is that it will be wrapped in plastic and contain an ingredient you don't find in a domestic kitchen. Right. So that is his that is his definition. Now, I think we can probably all think of exceptions to that. I mean, it is a rule of thumb, so we shouldn't be too unfair. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can kind of see what he's getting at, but there are obviously exceptions, like you know, a box of Krispy Kreme donuts. Yeah. They're not wrapped in plastic, so that doesn't count. But apart, but they're obviously massively yeah. have gone through all sorts of processes. Processes, and then like a nice block of Parmesan cheese hmm. is wrapped in plastic and can contains rennet that which to make you probably cheese. Don't have, yeah. Which so you, you probably don't have. Any still like so, yeah. like, I mean, it's it's silly to try and think of all these things. But you know that obviously that rule of thumb doesn't work that well. Uh, but but it maybe does work in lots of. Uh, uh, circumstances, you kind of know what he's what he's getting, getting at. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not crazy. You know, I, I, there is a sort of intuitive feeling that there are some some foods that have obviously just had loads of stuff done to them and aren't just fresh off the plant or just right. chopped off the cow or whatever. And, um, <laughs> yes, um, but but the scientific definition is this uh, Nova classification. Now it's Nova N O V A in capital letters, but bizarrely, it always says. This is not an initialism or an acronym, so so I don't know why it's in capital letters, uh, but it always is, and it's okay. quite funny because every time it's brought up at the start of like scientific papers and stuff, people always have to put in brackets, not an initialism. <laughs> this doesn't stand for anything. Uh, yeah, just... <laughs> because oh, otherwise you would be wondering what what does it stand yeah. for, but it doesn't. So I I don't know what the story is there. It's a weird thing. Anyway, there's some Brazilian food scientists who came up with this. It, you know, you said you hadn't. You said you hadn't uh, encountered this recently, and mm. that's because I think it was really only 2017 that they published their first paper on this. I mean, I think they had worked on it for uh, years before that, but there's a, there's a kind of definitive paper in 2017, and then there's a UN uh, food and agriculture the, the food and agriculture arm of the UN published this paper in 2019, and that's the one that everyone refers to now, which is like the the, the Nova. The Nova classification, okay, which doesn't stand for anything. To be clear, it's just it's just, it's just a nice name. But they, uh, well, it's it's new, isn't it? So it's like a new way to think about food. And and the and the, the it's partly the idea is what you just mentioned, Tom, because it starts off by saying that it's not that processing per se is the problem, because almost all the food we eat, unless we're pulling it directly off a plant or whatever, mm. is processed to some extent. It's that there's different levels mm. of, of 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 processing. All right, so talk me through it. What is this definition? Can right, you... so there's four different levels in the NOVA scheme. The first one is what, we, is what you were talking about there. Unprocessed or minimally processed. That includes like fresh fruit, fresh veg, nuts that you just take off the plant, legumes, that sort of thing. Meat, as long as it's just, you know, cut, but, you know, not a, a, a burger or, or something like that, but just like a steak or a fillet or some other cut and tap water and stuff like that. So that's okay. the real like lowest level. Of yeah. uh, uh, so, and you can see that you know we we don't eat much of that on like or well well a huge portion of our diet comes from stuff that is not just purely unprocessed stuff. No, I mean I will also say like meat as long as it's you know I I, I like a steak I like going to Hawksmoor and things like that. Mm. If you chop a piece of it's very middle class, Tom. Is, I I, I realise that I'm just going to the, the the sheer middle classness of my eating habits. Hawksmoor or revealed. as Tom calls it Hawksmoor. Is a steak restaurant uh, that has branches in London. I don't know if it is, oh, it, is anywhere smooth. else. Is it? All right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Do you sorry. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I've just lost all our Scottish listeners. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, anyway. So yeah. So at these fancy steak restaurants, right? They they will make make your steak, and yes, it is just a slice of 
of a cow, but they'll have done, you know, they'll they'll have crusted it in salt and all these things. And maybe it is not much processing involved, but I don't imagine it's very healthy from a, you know, like it's it's red meat covered in salt is really yeah. what it is. Which... I think that would probably, and I think you're you're actually getting at one of the big problems already because I think that might even count as one of the other categories rather than the first one. Hmm. But not very many people just eat a steak on its own. Yeah, and obviously you don't no eat seasoning. it raw yeah. with no seasoning or, or, or cooking. Well, actually, there are some people on the internet that eat raw beef all the time. Yeah, and quite a lot of them die. I think they're not very healthy, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think they're not very healthy either mentally or physically. Um, But but the weird thing is that it doesn't go up in... Like, the second category is not more processed. It's actually ingredients. So the second category is processed culinary ingredients. So it's things that are made from category one foods with some level of processing. So, like, vegetable oils that come from vegetables. um, Honey. Salt that you get out of seawater. And you can... You can include those ingredients with the, the the things in the first one but if you include the things from category two in the in category one then it becomes a category three okay <laughs> right okay okay fine but the, the read, salt sorry sorry just to okay i'm gonna i'm keep derailing this i'm no, so no, it's sorry fine. this is fine salt from seawater Salt is literally sodium chloride. <laughs> I know, I know. Right? I, this is what I, it says in the document. It's two elements stuck together. It's it's. I, I mean, it doesn't get. I mean, you could, I suppose like you could like it's helium is less processed because it's only one. But it's okay, fine, fine. Sorry, it's a carob. processed culinary ingredient. Sorry, it's okay. not processed food. It's a processed culinary ingredient because level three is processed foods, and that's okay. when you Apologies. add things like salt, oil, sugar, or other stuff from group ah, two to so the one, first thing. And it makes sense because one plus two does equal three. That's correct. Uh, yeah. So, that is um, correct. all right. I mean, I can't argue with the maths. But the um, so okay. So if you take your salt, which you've yep. got from seawater, and you add it to your steak, which yes. you've chopped off a cow, this is what I understand. Add, yeah, beca- it becomes a processed food. It becomes a processed food. All right. Okay, and also, fine. if you do things like canning things, bottling things, fermenting things to try and preserve them, or you know, uh, that 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 sort of thing, that beca- that's a processed food as well. So right. that's okay. Level three. So that's, that's processed foods, and that's that, that's fine. We all eat it, but it's not the same as ultra-processed foods, which well, that's is... The next, yes, exactly. So, and this is where the definition gets very long, and I'm going to try and get through as much of the definition of ultra-processed foods in one breath. I'm going to take a deep breath, okay. and I'm going to read you the exact definition of ultra-processed foods. Okay. <clears throat> right, here we go. <laughs> Vocal exercises yeah. first. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Okay, quote... Formulations of ingredients, mostly of exclusive industrial use, made by a series of industrial processes, many requiring sophisticated equipment and technology, hence ultra-processed. Processes used to make ultra-processed foods include the fractioning of whole foods into substances, chemical modifications of these substances, assembly of unmodified and modified food substances using industrial techniques such as extrusion, moulding and pre-frying, use of additives at various stages of manufacture whose functions include making the final product palatable or hyper-palatable, and sophisticated packaging usually with plastic or other synthetic materials. Ingredients include sugar, oils or fats or salts, generally in combination and substances that are sources of energy and nutrients that are no or rare culinary use such as high fructose corn syrup hydrogenated or intensified in interest interesterified oils and protein isolates classes of additives whose function is to make the final product palatable or more appealing such as flavors flavor enhancers colors emulsifiers and sweeteners thickeners and anti-foaming bulking carbonating foaming gelling and glazing agents and additives that prolong product duration protect original properties or 
prevent proliferation of microorganisms. Jesus, I had a little sort of uh, little <laughs> moment at the end there. <laughs> yes. That was that was like five breaths. No, yeah, I, I was going to say you breathed. Up, you took a breath after the first sentence. Yeah, I know. I, I wasn't. I, was I wasn't paying utter attention. Failure. Yeah, uh, 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 just disappointing. But the and, point yeah. is, the point yeah. is that that's a very long definition, and it includes a lot of different things. So not only does it include lots of different ingredients, but it also includes the packaging that yeah. you find these things in. So that's why there was that Chris Van Tilken thing about. You find it wrapped in plastic. Yeah, which I mean, that surely I just okay. Well, I'm I'm not going to get into too I mean too like argumentative with it at all at this stage. But but I do feel that feels a bit weird because if you just if you get a cucumber and you wrap it in plastic, it won't change the cucumber, but it will stop the cucumber from going off so quickly. Um, which is. I, you know, doesn't shouldn't affect its healthiness if you, you know just means it'll stay eat stay edible for longer. But okay, that's fine. And and some of this stuff, I mean, if stuff has had, I don't know what you know, if it's been whipped up into a foam and all this sort of stuff yeah, to it's make got it foaming more, agent, yeah, exactly. or anti foam. There's a, yeah. both anti foaming and foaming on this list. Okay, all right. Well, anyway, <laughs> okay. So that's a, so it's a long list. But I mean, I, I guess maybe. These, you know, what they're saying is in a long and roundabout way is it's foods that have been made in a factory, almost like industrialized, is, yeah. uh, and you and that you couldn't reasonably make in a kitchen, I guess, is something like that. But, yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's what it is, and, and the, you know they've had things done to them to make them last longer, to make them taste you know much more appealing hmm. uh, than they otherwise would, uh, and and to have different. Uh, consistency as well so they're easier to eat uh, you know bread that's been ultra processed is really easy it just turned into a kind of mush and you, you you when you eat it compared to your middle class artisan sourdough which yeah. you know you need to chew a lot to, to get it yes it goes to, crunchy to, you get, to get little it cuts on yeah. the roof of your mouth yeah exactly stuff, exactly yeah. so and and they have they also other as well as that long definition they also have a rule of thumb but it is a bit of a circular rule of thumb, which I find quite amusing. So they say, generally, the practical way to identify if a product is ultra-processed is to check to see if its list of ingredients contains at least one item characteristic of the ultra-processed food group. Okay. So, so if it's ultra-processed, it's, it's ultra-processed. Yeah. No, and, well, and not, I'm being unfair, on it. They have a list. Yeah, they have a list, to be fair. These mm. are either food substances uh, never or rarely used in kitchens or... Classes of additives whose function is to make the final product palatable or more appealing. So, um, some examples that they give, mm-hmm. uh, we've we've had the bread thing already. So that they would call it, they would say mass-produced breads as opposed to like artisan sourdough mm. type things, um, carbonated soft drinks, okay, uh, packaged snacks, confectionery like sweets, candies, whatever, yep. breakfast cereals, uh, instant or ready meals, things that yep. are kind of ready to heat, uh, microwave or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Sausages, burgers, hot dogs, baby formula mm, yeah. uh, is one. So if you know, we've talked about breastfeeding already on the podcast. If you breast, if you don't breastfeed your baby, then your bre- your baby is getting ultra processed foods. So you know that's a list of things which, other than the baby formula, which I'm not you know massively partial to, sounds sound pretty delicious to me. It makes yeah. me quite hungry just thinking about all those things. Breakfast, so all breakfast cereals. I mean, I mean, I did have a bowl of Alpen this morning, and I can see how that is pretty process because it is basically covered in powdered milk and sugar and things yes. um but like if you get one of the i guess porridge oats are less porridge but also like isn't it's just a normal muesli which is just basically oats and bran and yeah maybe fruit. there's 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 gradations maybe uh yeah it's just actually it, in the list in the list they say they say breakfast cereals in, in inverted commas 
Okay, right. So, so as opposed to actual cereal grains themselves, I guess so. yeah. yeah. But okay, fine. All right, all right. So, um, so how do, do, is this? Is this standard? Is this, is this is this sort of industry or sort of academic standard? And everyone agrees on this definition. Well. Yes and no. So whenever anyone talks about ultra-processed food, they're usually referring back to this NOVA classification. But mm-hmm. the question is, are they actually, you know, speaking in the same language? They're pointing at the same, you know, categorization, but are they speaking the same language? And there's one study from last year mm. that there was a bunch of French nutritionists and food industry workers and doctors and food researchers. They got like, I think it was just under 200 of them. And they gave them lists of foods and they said could you classify these into the four nova categories um and then they use this statistic where you get a kind of agreement rating so it goes from zero to one uh zero being literally every person gives a different definition so there's no agreement whatsoever yeah or and one is everyone rates everything in this in the exact same categories and there's 100 percent agreement and what they found on average depending on uh the analysis it was about 0.33 so on a scale of zero to one, it was a, the agreement was 0.33 according to the statistic. Okay, um, and that was regardless of whether you you know what specific background you had, whether you were a doctor or uh, working in the food industry or whatever. Um, so that's not that. That's not that. that sounds great. I mean, it's probably oversimplifying it because these stats are always more complicated than that. But it's oversimplifying to say that only one third, on average, of some any two people's lists agree with each other. It does. Seem, I mean, that's that's, that's, that's the kind sort of, of simple sort of reading of the, of the statistic. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, there might there's more complications. Obviously, you know, that we'll put the paper in the show notes so you can have a look. But it's just interesting that even though I would I would imagine I can I, I think I can give a fairly good like if you showed me foods now that we've talked about what's the ultra processed food like whether we agree that this is a good category or not mm. i can probably place things in the categories although we have i suppose we have already argued about where a steak comes yeah yeah, well, yeah exactly and then you know but, but if you see a foaming agent you go like ah, foaming agent yeah, well, exactly and, exactly yeah. you read okay. the ingredients list and if there's lots of things in the middle of the ingredients list that have that are you know long chemical names that you don't understand yeah. basically that Sodium chloride, that sort of well, thing. Well, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. dihydrogen <laughs> monoxide. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, the, the, that is an ultra-processed food. If it's got all those kind of e-numbers and all that sort of stuff, I think that would basically be easy. But there must be lots of edge cases that people disagree about. Mm. Or maybe people just didn't know that, you know, ha- hadn't spent that much time thinking about the categories. Also, another thing that was interesting in that study is they take they took the foods that were commonly, to some threshold, commonly labelled as ultra-processed foods by, you know, mm the majority or plurality or whatever of, of people and they found that like quite a substantial percentage like maybe a third or so a quarter to a third would be classed as having good nutritional quality according to various kind of nutritional guidelines there are other there are yet more food guidelines out there that talk about the mm. sort of nutritional levels of food whether they include vitamins nutrients protein you know all, all you yeah. know stuff that you need for a balanced diet and the ultra processed foods many of them actually seemed that they were fine according okay. to these because that, that was going to be a question and maybe we'll come back to this is like i i could believe that you could establish a a a category a sort of well well well-defined and stable category called ultra processed food which most people would agree on which it doesn't sound like they completely have but it doesn't you know you you could do that what i would be interested to know but that doesn't really matter i don't really care in its own right whether something is ultra processed i care whether it's bad for me in some yeah. well, you know, some meaningful sense, right? Whether I, if I eat loads of this, will it make me less healthy? Will it make me fat? Will it make me yeah. get, get heart disease? Whatever. 
Um, and this sounds a little bit like that's not obvious. Is well, that it certainly seems like if you look across lots of research, I bet, and I haven't done this, but if you look across loads and loads of studies and you dig right into the exact definitions of food that, that they used, hmm. I bet you you would find quite a lot of variation and inconsistency in what they're rating as, as processed. And yeah. that does mean that you know comparing the studies is not is not ideal but i mean like what area of science is not riven with definitional issues like it's, it's you know it's, it's, it's a it's a fairly it's, it's a fairly common thing but it, it, you know i think people should know that when ultra processed foods are talked about you know in the media and stuff the definition is a bit blurry at least but let's let's assume as you just said that there is some kind of category that we can all agree on or at least that there's overlap in the sort of if every yeah. study is a sort of circle of the Venn diagram, there's some sort of overlap in the middle that is something everyone agrees on as an ultra-processed food. Yeah. When we talk about ultra-processed food, we're all gesturing towards roughly the same thing. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, maybe okay. that's the best we can do because prob- food probably, is complicated. Yeah, and probably probably we, we are. I mean, you know, like you say, most people would agree that, I don't know, gummy bears or something are would right. ultra processed yeah that's okay that's fine let's, let's let's move on so and then so then your next question was the health effects and that's mm. that's really you know what 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 people worry about and what people focus a lot on and i think there's no disagreement here that if you get an observational study so the classic kind of observational research where you know you get a big sample of people they fill in a food frequency questionnaire about how often they eat certain things they're ticking them off the list you know i had you know i had three burgers a week or i eat packets of crisps or i eat uh, um uh, gummy bears as you as you said yeah. uh or on the other hand i eat fresh vegetables uh, i love chewing on artisan sourdough all, all that sort of stuff yeah rate that and then you track their health outcomes you follow them up for years or you know or even just correlate what their health outcomes are like at that very moment with their food uh, uh consumption and that shows exactly what you expect there yeah. are studies that show that if people eat more foods that are rated as upfs self processed foods yep they're more likely to be obese they're more likely to be diabetic uh, type 2 diabetic and they're more likely to die earlier premature mortality there's a even a systematic review and uh, meta-analysis of that so like okay. I, and that makes it that makes sense it makes to total me. sense to me i will check i mean we something just to say something that we've already spoken about loads on this these are observational studies right so exactly. i mean the, the very first quite you know are the people who eat ultra processed food in some way different to the people who don't anyway even you know that that's yes. the obvious and and my my confident guess and you'll be able to tell me is that ultra processed foods are also correlated heavily with for example um lower educational uh, socioeconomic status on yep. these things you know earnings educational and which are themselves correlated with bad health outcomes exactly. right is that is that fair is that yes true? Uh, is exactly the case and like all observational nutritional research uh observational epidemiology in general not just nutritional stuff um confounding is a big problem so you're going to get confounding by socioeconomic status like you just mentioned mm. uh you're gonna get confounding by educational levels you're gonna get confounding by income you get con- and, and, and and not just confounding but also recall bias as well people don't necessarily report accurately or remember the food that they have actually eaten so when they're filling in these food frequency questionnaires there's all sorts of memory issues and social desirability issues mm. you know you don't want to necessarily tell the researcher that you've eaten five burgers in the last five days like you know that that's the sort of problem that, that that they have and so all of that nutritional research should be taken with a pinch of salt which i think makes them 
processed. Uh, yeah, very studies. good. Yeah, boom, you. boom. Yeah, top work. Oh, I will say, it reminds me of um, a marvellous study that I wrote about a few years ago about phone use and people saying, and, you know, all the studies showing that people who use their phones more tend to have uh, higher rates of whatever it was, anxiety, low uh, attention right, span, yeah. something like that. And no someone, doubt a topic that we'll do a whole podcast uh, no on. No doubt, point. yes. And yeah. um, uh, they did a study on how actually looking, they, they put an app on people's phone which actually tracked their use as opposed ah, to people yes, doing it by right. self-reporting okay, yeah, and it yeah. turned out that their self their self-reported phone use was almost completely uncorrelated with their actual Funny, phone right. use yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, imagine yeah. it's the same thing you have, i would love to know a, a really direct fo- you know how much people's uh self-reported food habits correlate with their actual one if you had a, a drone follow them around and take right. photo of everything <laughs> that they ate you know right exactly exactly so those exact problems though are why we need controlled studies. So not just observational research. And observational research is a good start, don't get me Mm. wrong. Uh, It can point you in the direction of interesting hypotheses. But you just can't conclude too strongly uh, from from those kind of studies. So you need randomized controlled trials. And in nutritional research, those are quite few and far between. There's a big one on the Mediterranean diet from a few years ago, which... There was a sort of big controversy about it because they made some errors in, uh, in the randomization and stuff. But they, mm. they, they actually, you know, did. did I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of of of, of uh, the fact that they they actually went they actually out and did, did it, a randomized yeah. trial. Yeah, um, and there just was one of. Sorry, of I'll just foods. ask you that. I will, I'll yeah. just ask you about that. So, uh, so they did. Presumably, they can't. They, but they sort of. Uh, there's a sort of intention to treat thing where they say, "Do you?" Um, they asked people to eat uh, Mediterranean diets. No, they and sent them if- nuts in the mail. Oh, right, okay. And like oil, olive oil and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, oh, it's right, amazing. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, you can read about it. It's in my book, Science Fiction, so you can read about that and how some of the hospitals that the people were going to screwed up the randomization and they had to kind of reanalyze it and stuff. But in general, they showed that Mediterranean diets were, were healthier. But, okay, cool. um, but But we, we have an even better type of randomized controlled trial of ultra-processed foods. Now, there's only mm. one trial, mm. and it's 20 people, so it's not a massive trial, but the level of control is really amazing. So th- th- these people weren't just out in the world living their daily life so they they weren't just able to go and you know buy a chocolate bar whenever they wanted so they moved in to the national institutes of health which is you know where loads of medical research from from the u.s uh, mm. uh, is done for a month okay four weeks and they were given specific diets so that their food intake they, the, the the researchers knew exactly what they'd eaten for this whole for this whole month. Mm. Um, so ten of them started off on the on an ultra processed diet. They had that for two weeks, okay. uh, and then and the other ten and they were randomised to these groups. The other ten had a, an unprocessed diet, okay. and then they switched. It's like a kind of crossover trial. So they, they they switched into the other group. So the ten that had the ultra processed foods got process got non processed foods for okay. the next two weeks, and, and vice versa. And there's you're in the supplementary material of the of the paper. You can see the specific meals that they were given on each day. So, just an example: the ultra processed menu on day seven for lunch included mac- macaroni cheese from a from a, a packet, uh, okay. chicken tenders, you know, like pre made for I guess frozen uh, chicken tenders, mm. green beans from a can, right, and um, a diet. The drink was diet lemonade. Um, with with nutri source fiber added, I guess they're trying their best to match the the the, the things. So maybe they had to add a few what, different. What? Okay, so I, I think I feel like I'm going to reveal my 
a million my ancient status here but yeah what is a chicken tender i, I feel like i've seen I, they, 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 I feel like i see memes telling it's like a little bit of chicken breast or something like that yeah uh, you get them from mcdonald's and they're they're not the same as chicken nuggets they have they're they're big they're big i don't know what they are tom they're a bit bigger they're, a bit, they're bigger like big chicken nuggets all right well. <laughs> I think, yeah i think they are like that and i think they i think they're like a chicken nugget chicken fingers because I, I ordered some in a Popeyes in New York when I had to go there for work um, yes. a year or so ago, and I still don't know what they are. <laughs> I, they're less, they seem less soft. They seem to have a crunchier outside coating with, with the frying that they have than chicken nuggets. Fine. And I think they're maybe not as mushed up as, as chicken nuggets are. Like chicken nuggets are so kind of reconstituted chicken. I think mechanically maybe... reclaimed abattoir floor sweepings. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think it's I think it's like that. So I think maybe chicken nuggets are more ultra processed. But okay. but there's no there's no gradation of more or less, is there? You're just ultra processed or you're not. So that's just that's just where we are with the the, the okay. And the so, unprocessed. Maybe. Yeah. Tell so on the, the same day, the the unprocessed group mm. had a grilled chicken breast. Yeah, uh, they had quinoa. I mean, obviously you have to of have course, that. Uh, yeah. Quinoa salad with raisins, onions, chopped walnuts, parsley, fresh squeezed lemon juice, and olive oil. Okay. Uh, they had a side salad made of spinach, tomato, and cucumber with vinaigrette with balsamic vinegar and olive oil, and they could add some salt and pepper to that. That's nice. Cool. So that was the ultra processed food. So you can see the sort of thing already, and it, it's all like that. You know, it's it's kind of food that's from uh, uh, cans. packaging cans frozen in the ultra processed group and food that's fresh and, and so on in the unprocessed it's group so incredibly it. middle class it's really and it's middle, very middle class I mean quinoa is obviously yeah. the sort of joke that people make about middle class food yeah um, walnuts amazing yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and the idea is that in each case, the meals are exactly the same number of calories, right? Mm. So it's not that the ultra-processed foods are higher calorie within a particular meal, mm. but the idea is that the people are allowed to eat as much as they want of each meal. Not as much as they want in general, so it's not all you can eat. They, they can't keep ordering more and more. But they're given this, you know, quite large portion of, of food for lunch, and they're allowed to eat as much of it as they as they want, and they can stop at any time. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, so they do that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then there's snacks through the day, which are also processed or unprocessed, depending on which uh, group they're in. And the results are kind of what you would expect, which is... Um, which is oh, are you asking me to... to, to me no, 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 I was just... No, <laughs> that was pausing. a pause when I was scrolling <laughs> down the page oh, to see fair the... I'm going to go ahead and make a guess, which <laughs> well, is... What, people, yeah, what do you expect? Uh, my, my guess is that they uh, they um, ate more calories on the ultra, uh, the ultra-processed food diet. Um, they did. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, not only that, so they ate, um, they ate more calories and they gained more weight in the ultra-processed mm. group. So over the, over the two weeks that they were on the ultra-processed food, on average, they gained... 0.9 kilograms so almost a almost a whole kilogram of weight okay in two weeks and in the unprocessed group they actually lost on average the exact same amount so 0.9 kilograms mm. uh, so almost almost a kilogram so you lose a kilogram of food if you eat the unprocessed healthy middle class diet and you gain a kilogram if you eat the you know more looked down upon uh, ultra processed burgers yeah. and chicken tenders and whatever else and chips okay. all that sort of stuff all right and so i mean you could look at that and say, okay, point. I mean, it's it's n equals four. Uh, what n equals twenty or whatever. But it's still, 20, you yeah. know, yeah. So it's um, sorry, a, a, a sample size of twenty. I should say not n equals twenty. That's very jargony of me. But the um, <laughs> but the uh, but you could say that's pretty strong evidence, right? That's the, the ultra this ultra processed food. 
yeah. it helps people make people put on weight is that the a- level of control in the study really makes it quite strong evidence even though it's quite small i think yeah. the study show is brought to you by the letter i um, that is the lowercase letter i which is the name of the uk's best in my opinion newspaper uh it's a daily newspaper which uh, is my employer um i write science articles uh um every every week many articles including a newsletter which you can only get access to if you are a subscriber to the i and you can do that at inews.co.uk slash subscribe um f- i write uh, newsletters which they, they go into a little bit more detail on scientific matters um uh, they tend to be a bit longer uh, more in depth and uh, cover things which are really of interest to people uh, who might be listening to this podcast who have a, a scientific interest i wrote one a couple of weeks ago uh, on how the journal e-life which is a top biology journal is completely upending the publishing process and changing the way that they publish scientific articles making the whole process um, in some ways much more transparent um, but removing the standard peer review gatekeepers. And this has caused a bit of controversy uh, in the scientific community, especially when they published uh, a couple of papers which uh, maybe aren't the highest quality. Um, but they would say that's all part of the uh, the new way of publishing because uh, everything's out in the open. So there's a whole debate uh, about that and about peer review in general. That's covered in my newsletter uh, on the inews.co.uk uh, website so you can only get that if you subscribe so that's inews.co.uk slash subscribe and we're really pleased that the i is sponsoring the study show so thanks very much to them and now back to the show but my question is is this an, a big deal exciting result or is it actually quite obvious i mean you predicted exactly what the result would be hmm. is it quite banal that, that like people just eat more of the upfs they eat more calories because they're they're nicer they taste nicer um and it's not particularly a surprise that people eat more food that tastes nicer and so you know that's kind of obvious and it's nice to have a study for that but but we kind of could have could have guessed that beforehand or is it actually quite a big deal in that there's something it's not just that they taste nicer there's something in particular about the ingredients and or the processing of the UPFs that makes them addictive, that affects your body in some way, that changes, you know, hormonal balances or something in your body. And it's not just that there's a lot of fat and sugar in them, it's because, of course, the actual calorie content in the meals is the, is the, is the same. But there's something about them that makes you eat them more. Hmm. Um, you know, we shouldn't just be thinking about high fat and high sugar anymore. That's kind of outdated way of thinking about food. And actually, it's about the processing, the flavor enhancing agents, the texture differences, something like that, that makes the UPFs easier to, to, to chew, easier to swallow, easier to, to, to eat. Um, and that is why you consume more calories from them. And that is what leads to obesity. So it's like... Or, you know, I think those are both two, you know, the, the, there's a bit there's a lot of overlap in the banal yeah, and the big deal explanation. There's two ways of looking at the same yes. thing. I, w- I mean, I will say, right, um, did you ever read um, Stefan Guillenet's book, uh, The Hungry Brain? Um, yeah, I've 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 not actually read his book, but I've read tons of his tons yeah, of his work. Of his so stuff. And, um, um, I know his kind of thesis. Yeah. Well, and but yeah, so I mean, his thesis is that, that you can 
well but a lot a lot of his thesis is you know it's about about how the brain reacts to obesity and sort of all these things mm. but a lot of the way he says that our sort of uh our, our brain def- uh, ratchets up uh, we, we, we modern food environment makes us eat food that we don't particularly want right we're not we're not actually hungry but it's just there and it's sort of snacks and yeah. and, and 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 that pushes our weight up which then our body defends and uh, so that that does sound you know like doritos or whatever crisps if they're just around i i might be i wouldn't be hungry I'm not, and i wouldn't eat them but then if they're on the table i'll just I'll, i can eat keep eating them par- long past the point where i actually want them yeah and, and i suppose that's the difference between your banal and your big deal framings right i mean there's some some like i was looking at those two things your two diets that you mentioned and the ultra processed one i can imagine myself eating it all eating loads and loads of it but actually in, and enjoying each bite of the quinoa and grilled chicken breast one more you know like right. I, I say i i've or at least sort of if i was given the choice consciously i would say yes i would rather eat that and yet if i had the two of them in front of me i'd find myself eating yeah yeah do you know i mean, mean how much is that is social desirability though yeah that's true like you know that you should be eating the quinoa and that it, it looks embarrassing to be eating Chicken nuggets, you know, instead yeah, exactly. of yeah, cooking nugs, plate of nugs. <laughs> a man needs his nugs, as that famous tweet. Yeah, but um, I, but I, I do, but I do think there's something to be said for preferences that you hold under consideration, right? Like I, when I'm when I'm go to bed, I could read a book which will improve me and I will feel good about it, or I could spend another 25 minutes playing uh, Slay the Spire on my iPhone, which yes. is a great game, by the way, actually. I shouldn't use Slay, Slay it's really Sorry, good. Are you Jesse right. Single? No, no, never, no. Don't know who done it. He's don't, always don't, talking don't. about Slay the Spire. He is, he, but I, I, because I listened to his podcast and then you I started playing ours, I started playing yeah. it and now I, and now I like, I, 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 I have played one. I've played it once and it hasn't hooked me yet. But, oh, right, uh, no, I, I'm I, good, it's going to at some point. I I've got weirdly obsessed with it, but that's. No. I, I'm not really. In, I don't even play. Anyway, total. I, I don't really play that many video games anymore, but mm. I, I'm obsessed with it. But if if you if you'd said to me like, which would you rather? Which would you know? Which would you rather you had done last yes. night? Then I would wish I'd read another 15 pages of my book and then would have you know learned a bit more about the stuff I want to learn about, or you know, and, and I'd have felt. Totally. But in fact, what I did was play Slay the Spire for half an hour and uh, achieved several levels higher and then died. Yeah. But, uh, That's and I, just my... Yeah, you're describing my life as well. It's, so, it's such a common... Exactly. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost, I think that's almost the way to look at it. Which would you rather you had done the previous night? And I'm sure, yeah. uh, I'm sure I would have rathered I'd ate the... Uh, the, the unprocessed food exactly but yeah. actually as it turns out when I, when the two were put in front of me I ate the canned uh, macaroni cheese and yeah. the chicken nuggets and I, I can see why there's some the, you know the banal and the and the big deal in, uh, framings of this thing are sort of the same thing looked at from different yes. angles yeah, is that totally. fair? I think that's why there's been you know dispute and argument about this study is that it's not it's not actually that clear which of these is the best way to, to, to look at it however mm. there is an interesting if you dig into the questionnaires that they gave the people, there is an interesting result that slightly throws a spanner in the works. Hmm. I think it throws a spanner in the works for, in both directions. So it turns out that when they asked people how much they enjoyed the diets and just said, you know, be honest, how much did you enjoy the unprocessed diet and the ultra-processed diet? There were no statistically significant differences in their okay. ratings. Now, so that's one way of that's one way that I've actually seen the author, of the, the lead author of the response, Kevin Hall, uh, on Twitter, I've seen him point out when you say, "Oh, it's not," you know, when when people say, "Oh, it's not that interesting that people eat food that's that's tastier," he says, "Well, actually, they didn't rate it as tastier. Like that's mm. not that's not what they said in the study." That on the other true. hand, though, 
isn't the definition of ultra processed foods that they're hyper palatable that they're meant to be tastier hmm. so isn't that weird that people didn't find them tastier and more palatable and i think that maybe speaks to your point about the about the it um about the complication of whether what we mean by yeah what, yeah what, yeah, mean what do you mean by you like it more you know? right right yeah do you feel like you should have liked it more or did you actually like it more and mm. what's the you know what's the kind of give and take between those two different uh, uh, I, I like I, you could argue that I like sitting on my sofa doing nothing more than I like going for a run and yet I know I right. should go for a run right and it's your not just the, like preference and your all that sort of stuff yeah exactly yeah. and it's and in that case it's not just I feel I should you know I feel society will judge me more for doing one but actually that's what I, but no, I, I know I should and I wish I did go for runs more and I yes. uh, and uh, but it, it, in sitting on my ass on the sofa is more immediately appealing in the moment and requires some activation energy to get past, you know, there's yeah. some sort of push. You know. So I do. Yeah. I, I can, I have some sympathy for, for that. So, you know, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm repeating the same thing I said. Well, ago. yeah, no, no that, that, that's fine. But yeah, mm. I, it is a bit weird that, you know, so hyper palatable is a bit, you know, I, using words like ultra and hyper makes it seem like you're going to see massive dramatic effects and uh, and so on. I think there's a, I don't know. I'm I not do sure I would use those words. Yeah. Me neither. Me neither. I think in, all, all those, those prefixes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So, yeah. And I think, you know, th this is a really interesting study, I think, um, mm. and, and, a, and a really useful one. And I'm glad that we've got this. But the problem is that the meals were actually different. Like, mm. so the, 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 they got a quinoa salad in one group and the macaroni and cheese in the other. In a perfect world, they would have had the same ingredients or very similar ingredients, mm. but in one group they'd be processed in some way or ultra-processed, and in one group they wouldn't have been processed. I think that's the that would be the perfect experiment because at the moment they're you know they are actually getting different foods through the week. Yeah, so um, like a macaroni cheese, you eat macaroni cheese made at hand, made by, with, with grated cheese and and um, yeah. Uh, and like a, like a roux, and I was you know what do they call a white sauce, you know the roux that you make and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I don't know what that is because you're more middle class than me, obviously. But I, uh, yeah, 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 I assume that's what it's called. Yeah, <laughs> well, the, you know the, the the butter and flour. Is that French? And, is that a French word? Is that, it is a French. Is that, it is a French is that, word. Is that cordon yes. bleu cooking. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I don't think my macaroni cheese is cordon bleu. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, you're welcome to try it sometime. But yeah, I, I make quite a nice macaroni cheese. Thank you very much. But anyway, we're dr yeah. drifting off the point again. So so if you you could make like a macaroni cheese out of the tin and macaroni cheese made in a pan at home properly yeah and yeah. see whether one eats more than the other yeah and, exactly and and you could try and uh, but we're already like already you can see why that's difficult to do right mm. that, there are some foods that lend themselves to that but there are some that don't um mm. and i could i could completely see why and again looking at what kevin hall the lead author said on, on twitter that was the original plan to do the study mm. like that but they just didn't have the resources to to do it that would have taken an awful lot more thought and coordination with the people that are actually making the food to get that to be you know to try and get them to have the same ingredients but different levels of processing um and so that um that remains a study to be done in future but it would take a lot more funding yeah. um to to do and i do hope that someone that yes. someone that someone funds it yeah it seems I, like a really good study that they've done there that seems like a really sensible clever way of looking it, at it it just needs a bit of tightening up in yeah, a few places yeah 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 it just needs it just needs further research is needed as as uh, everyone always says a cliche yes yeah exactly. yeah exactly so i you know i'm it's not that i i, I come i don't come to debunk uh ultra processed foods hmm. i just merely come to sort of slightly question them a little bit and and, and ask exactly what the mechanism is hmm. if you eat a lot of 
stuff that we consider to be high, ultra processed foods and they they tend to be things that are high fat high sugar and they're sort of you know very delicious and so on mm. that'll make you put on loads of weight now but the, the thing is that's not the argument the argument is, is is that it isn't just the high fat and high sugar nature of these is that there's something when you hear people like chris van tilliken talk about it there's something a bit nefarious about the way they're done that they're almost deliberately designed to get people addicted and get kids addicted specifically and that there to... is some chemical or, or, or something designed to trigger things in our brain r- right. over and above yeah. just oh I, I like the taste of salt fat and sugar which i do yeah you know. and to some extent that's probably true right in the in the to, to the to, to the extent that food companies are trying to make food that people like yeah and that's fairly again a fairly banal observation like they're trying to make food that people enjoy it's just that some people would argue that the the methods that they have available to them now make food that people enjoy a bit too much and that's what causes them to become or make them it's almost make them enjoy it in ways that they don't that they that they that if you asked them when they were not next to the packet of Doritos, they would say, "No, I would rather not eat all Doritos." And yet, I can't stop myself eating. And yeah, Doritos, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Which you know, is that addiction? Is that the same thing as when someone is addicted to taking heroin? Pro- pro- probably not. But is it on the same sort of spectrum? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't Addictive know. Behaviors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I suppose I, I have a, I do have a strong instinctive belief and i think this is going back to stefan guyane's point that you know there there is there you you can design a food and, and, and you know the, the capitalism is brilliant at doing this and you know i'm i'm not in, i'm not asking that we we tear down but it is brilliant at, at finding things that people spend money on right that and and if you yes. if and the the brilliance of things like doritos and crisps in general or th- or foods like that is that they deliver a lot of calories to you without making it feel making it so so your body gets so your body sort of learns we can get in get stuff those without without sort of tell, feeling like you are filling filling up so you keep snacking on them for mm, ages that mm. this again i'm taking from stefan guillenay's book which i'd strongly recommend yeah and that is sort of tricking your brain in some way i i, I i'm not actually I'm, i don't think it's crazy to talk about about it in that sort of way i don't i don't think it's like obviously wrong that's yeah. what i'd say yeah no i i i agree with that i, I think um I mean, the obesity rate has to be caused by something, something. and yeah. uh, you know it has been it has been increasing compared to a few decades ago. Um, mm. That's one of the problems that we were talking about in our episode about the what weight loss drugs. Yeah. I mean, the reason that they're such an important um, innovation is that is that we do have this problem in sort of in Western countries that obesity rates, uh, overweight obesity, you know, is is, is going. Um, is, I don't know if it's rocketing, but it's certainly a heck of a lot are. higher than it was in in the past. And to some extent, you can explain it just by the fact there's more food and it's cheaper. But that, well, yeah, uh, and it's interesting to yeah. What you, I don't imagine that ultra processed foods are the only factor. Mm. A lot of it will be uh, the types of jobs people do now as well. That they can be sedentary and they don't need to you know be out and about moving around and physically doing stuff they can be sitting in front of a computer obviously that kind of work has increased dramatically in the last few decades so that's clearly going to be a part of it too yeah um so it uh it feels to me that that, that this kind of food and the way they process it and so on must play some sort of role it's not the only driver but no uh, yeah okay um, all right, so we're we're being unusually sort of. Oh, maybe this is actually real. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think. Look, I what my 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 fundamental point is that yeah. the the definition is so expansive 
of mm. of um ultra processed foods that thing that i you know read out earlier the huge long definition yeah. it would be nice if we knew some of the specific things in that that make them that that that, that make ultra processed foods a problem is it specific ingredients like is it emulsifiers is it foaming agents or is it just a combination of everything and we can't actually pin down one factor i mean maybe I, my brain is still in the old school way of trying to do epidemiology where or randomized controlled trials where you change just one thing and see if it has an effect mm. you know whereas in this case in the randomized controlled trial you're changing everything you know all the food is different in one group compared to the other and it's hard to pin down the exact mechanism and i think that's what the authors of the study would say as well is that although we know that it causes weight increases we don't know what the specific mechanism of that is is it something to do with tricking your brain is it to do with the easiness of eating the food is it to do you know we don't really know exactly what it is and we need more randomized controlled trials it's such a delight to read a randomized controlled trial in this field because you're not just making the same old boring criticisms of yeah. observational Confounders research that we always make and, yeah. confounding blah blah, blah. yeah mm. but there is only that one i mean there's there's another one about texture actually that's that's less well controlled but um I th- I, it still counts so there might be two randomized controlled trials but we need more of that really highly controlled thing where people come in for a holiday to live in a lab and just eat the food that's that's given to them by the scientists mm. yeah okay so uh, i mean the other thing is what do you do about this let's, let's say that chris uh, the, the the van tulicans and and you know i shouldn't we should we keep mentioning them but that's just because they're quite well known in well Britain. i hate it the book was a bestseller of, and has sparked yeah. loads of the conversation about upfs in the, in the uk at least and lots of other people are talking about it as well yeah. uh the question is, what do you do, right? What like I, th- I think yes. they mentioned putting like health warnings, like on cigarette packets. Uh, yeah, I know. think in some countries in South America they do that for for food, and, and Chris Van Tilken is a big fan of of that. I'm I I don't know if it would. I've, this is another. I've I'm sort of. I'd be a bit surprised if it does, but all, and and maybe it's fine. You know, it's just more information for people. I'd, I'd be worried about like banning stuff or anything like that or yeah, putting says, loads of money up i don't know if i don't know if he's about banning the food but he certainly wants to ban adverts for the food to children so okay. you know he, he doesn't want ultra processed foods being advertised on t- kids tv or or you know okay i mean I, again like I, I, it's all so milk toasty of us and we're normally coming out a bit more fire breathing but you know I, I don't i don't get very worked up by that i do think it's worth i mean we we both say that you know people do enjoy these things and we should always, as we always say, you should put that in the equation. Like, it's not yeah. that this is just, let's take it away. You know, th- their lives will be better if they can't have, you know, there's something very paternalistic about that. Yeah, um, Doritos are great. Yeah. There's that, again, that famous tweet about the, you know, I- I've got it, I've got it here. We take it for granted today, but a single Dorito has more extreme natural flavor than a peasant in the 1400s would get in his whole lifetime, <laughs> which is a great, it's a great tweet. And it's funny, but it also, it makes a good point, which is like, it is food is much better these days hmm. than than it was and even though we all think that a nice arsan sourdough is 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 better and we all you know middle class people worry about it um other food is is other food is really good as well like hmm. you know a nice mcdonald's is a great thing and it's a hell of a lot better than what people got you know just 100 years ago no, it's um true. so so and that that's that's something to put in the equation it's just that you know we can kind of go f- too far in the opposite direction clearly and clearly the obesity epidemic is uh reflects that to some to some degree 
Okay. All right. Cool. Well, once again, we uh, we all think that we should take we take a, take account of people's preferences, but this time we don't seem to have debunked anything and have actually been quite well. Maybe this is real and slightly bad for people. Then. Well, that, yeah, and but the, I'm not con- I'm not fully convinced that it's that it's more than what we knew before anyone had invented the term ultra processed food. That that it's not that these things are magical. It's just that there's a category of foods that have loads of calories in them and that are nice and people yeah, like to eat them. The, and, but they're well designed. I I, I suppose I, we actually have. Piece of information, yeah. I, Maybe, I, I feel like that our dis- we actually disagree on something here, or, or sort of nearly. Yeah. Which oh, is, wow. I, I th- yeah, I know. I, I think there's something about like, about about re- the one's preferences under consideration versus one. You know, the, the things you wish you'd had, the things you wish you'd eaten last night versus things you actually did. Like you know, and and uh, you know, I wish I'd had a salad, but in fact, I had a, a burger. You know, and and I think there is something to that, and I think that ultra processed foods are. Or at least when we talk about ultra-processed foods and hyper-palatable foods, we are gesturing towards those things which appeal to our immediate desires, but maybe we wish the next day or the wish that we, we wish we were better at resisting in some sense. I, th- I think there's something there. I, yeah. I, I do. Let's, I, uh, let's do more RCTs and ask people about the psychological aspects of them so we can get a better picture of how that works. Let's that do that. We'll my, do that in time for next week, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> right. But now it's time for uh, Beans on Toast. Yes, lovely. So, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks very much for listening <laughs> to the study show. This has been about ultra-processed foods. And if you're listening to this and you haven't already subscribed to our Substack, you can now go to thestudyshowpod.com, which will take you straight to our Substack, www.thestudyshowpod.com. And you can subscribe there. You can subscribe for free and we'll send you an email every time there is an episode. You can also take out a paid subscription and that gets you access to some chats, some Ask Me Anything chats with us. And also at some point we will start doing some paid only episodes and they might be the most really uh, spicy yeah, con- yeah controversial exciting spicy ones so yeah. um yeah uh, we would love to see you uh there on substack uh, spicy as doritos sorry i just uh, de- derailed the thing again Carry on, the, uh, well mm. the, the 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 hot ones yeah, yeah the exactly. flaming hot ones yeah. yeah i may go and purchase a bag of them uh no actually we've talked right. about them. I, but we're not advertising them no 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 uh, no obviously we, we, we've, we, we, we've already told you about our sponsors yes. uh, in this episode so um so thank you for listening and see you next time See you next time.